0: Have you ever wondered why some ideas effortlessly capture your attention while others quickly fade into oblivion? What if you could master the art of crafting ideas that stick, resonate, and spark action? Well, you're in the right place. In this podcast, we'll unravel the secrets behind memorable ideas, exploring the six principles that transform ordinary messages into unforgettable. How can simplicity amplify the power of your ideas? What makes unexpectedness the secret ingredient for capturing attention? Can concrete details truly create lasting impressions? And how do emotions and storytelling forge deep connection with your audience?
1: We'll dive into these questions and more, revealing some practical strategies and what should be inspiring examples from the book Made to Stick by Chip Heath that will change the way you communicate. Let's jump into six secret tricks to make an idea stick. Number one, let's talk about being simple. The principle of simplicity emphasizes the importance of distilling complex ideas into their core essence. By removing unnecessary details, jargon, and complexities, we can make our messages more easily understood and memorable. So in a workplace setting, imagine a team leader trying to convey a new project strategy to their team. Instead of presenting a typical waterfall diagram with all the plans and technical jargon, the leader simplifies the message by focusing on the main objective and the three key steps required to achieve it. This simple and concise approach helps team members grasp the core ideas and stay aligned with the project goals, which I find also helps throughout time when they go back in their memory to what's important, remember what the three main
0: goals here were. I also find this quite useful because when you start using technical jargons or things that could be confusing acronyms, you lose people's attentions altogether, right? They start focusing on, uh, oh, what does that mean? And what does this mean? And then you just lose them. And uh, you have to recover from that. And you derail the old meeting, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. And on many a project, people, when they check out, because of just the... the, the vocabulary or wording you used or the fact that you didn't paint the picture before trying to get everyone to jump in um it's hard to win them back and you have to do this anyway so to avoid from repeating rework it's just keep it simple give them the overall picture and then they will likely dive more in and be willing to help along
0: the way second principle throw in there something unexpected now the unexpected principle involves capturing attention by introducing an element of surprise or curiosity into our messages. When we deviate from the predictable pattern, our ideas become more memorable and engaging. It's a well-known observation that unexpected or surprising content leads to capture attention that generates more sharing and engagement on social media, for example. And think about All the advertisements that you may have seen, maybe think about the Super Bowl ones, think about uh, something that has come around for Christmas, and just ask yourself for a second, what do you remember of it? And the likelihood is that you will remember something that you weren't quite expecting from the advert. And I know that um, having been been at, at an international school, which was American, the Super Bowl was quite a big thing. And I remember one time being introduced the Super Bowl advertisement. Mark, I don't know if this is something that uh, that you've ever looked into. Well, a Super Bowl advertisement for the Super Bowl? Yeah,
1: I've seen yeah a number of the ones that come what during Super Bowls. Like they get really big and famous because if you make it onto there, you've advertised for a while. But an advertisement of the Super Bowl that's not during it, I don't know. I don't.
0: I don't... No, no, no. Advertisement on during the Super Bowl. Yes, I've seen this. So. Ones, yeah. So, something that was, I would say, almost mind-blowing, but definitely something that I remember from probably about, what is it, fifteen years ago, was this alert uh, that was about NFL fantasy league picking, and the campaign The campaign was called Pick Me, and what you had was a bunch of football players that they were doing things that were utterly unexpected. And one that really blew my mind was essentially an NFL player that charged with a ball into a car and literally threw himself through one window of the car and came out from the other. That's the level of precision and power that this guy had. And then at the end of it, he did some sort of like a roly-poly and said, pick me. But that was unexpected, And, I, you know, it was one of probably like 15 different players, but it really stuck to mind. And it just goes to show the point that if you do something which is unconventional, it can spark curiosity, intrigue, and even trigger an emotional response that prompts people to share it with others. It's kind of
1: funny because when you said adverts, what I was thinking of was the ads that you just don't know what they're for. Like you have to wait until the end. Like there's just a, a mother driving their child to the shop and then picking up a pair and arguing with the cashier and then going out to party at night and, like, all of these lovely activities. And then in the end, it's like, Trojan, <laughs> stay projected. Like, what? what? Where did this? Why was the
0: whole plot line there? And, oh, mate. like, condoms advertisements are the f- finest advertisements <laughs> I've actually seen in 3 years. The, 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 best, the best one I've seen was like this child literally screaming in his lungs, saying that uh, he wanted a sweet, he wanted a, some sort of chocolate in the supermarket. Throwing a full of oh, like stamping the feet, stumping the hands. And then there is like this liner comes up, you should have used a condom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see, unexpected and actually quite amped, I, I give it that. It's um, <laughs> it key. Well, okay. Number three, I'd call it kick, which is keep it concrete. It's all about concrete. The principle of concreteness involves using tangible and vivid examples, details and language to make abstract ideas more relatable and memorable. Uh, Think of that abstract idea Val just said (laughs) about having a kick kicking the tantrum. But by making our, our messages concrete, we help our audience visualize and connect with the information. So take, for example, this workplace scenario. Imagine a manager who wants to convey workplace safety. Instead of sharing generic safety guidelines, the manager tells a story. And this story is about an actual incident that occurred in the industry, providing specific details about the consequences and how it affected individuals. By painting a more vivid picture of the potential risks, the manager makes the importance of safety concrete and memorable for the employees. This I had in a direct encounter with when I was in, uh, I believe it was Muscat in Oman. Not even in Muscat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was there. And I was doing an entirely safety training and I had this experience because there was a lot of practicals. I had to put on gas masks. I had to run around uh, in case of a fire because I was going to a very dangerous area within the desert. Now, all of that happened and it was fine. It was just normal. And then the instructor tells a story. (laughs) And the story they say is about practically confined spaces. To my bewilderment i don't remember what the gas was i just remember it had numbers in it but i don't really trust any gas i like that i say it had numbers in it like O2 two doesn't shut up anyways <laughs> shut your ass up i see Ralph smiling over there but in any case it was and the story was how there was always one person inside do the confined works and the second person who was on top who was supposed to be their watch now the work, first person seemed to stop responding and fall down so the second person gets in to check in then he falls out then another person comes and it was like i, I may. i feel like i might be exaggerating but honestly it felt like 14 people went into that hole and they were like and they all died and i was like what is this <laughs> and they're like yeah that's the site you're going to mark don't worry about it you're gonna go there it's gonna have these like wait why do you tell us that story it was like yeah they all died this is it. i'm just saying where your mosques so like no what's the principle here? like yeah don't go into no confined spaces and so i the fear <laughs> firstly the fear of god And it was very, yeah, it was much more vivid. And the way, once he told this story, everyone was like, no, is this on correctly? No, I know it's on my face, but is this gas mask protecting me? I don't want any of that. (laughs) It worked wonders in making sure it was like visceral. It was very uh, vivid and it drew it to the imagination. On top of that, I fully forgot. They showed us a video (laughs) where they reenacted the situation with the only survivor.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, it, it, that that was pretty concrete. I'm starting to see some patterns here, Mark. So for, for all the listeners, Mark and I, with uh, with some other friends, uh, we went to Tannis Farm last Halloween, we and we had to enter a, a few houses that were supposed to be like a little bit creepy, people like showing up at different stages trying to scare the crap out of you. Now, there was me in the background trying to make friends with all these people saying, hello, hello, trying to feel the situation. And there was Mark. Like probably like in a corner of summer, whenever I saw Musk was a little bit terrified, but now it explains why you have Jerry you
1: made that up. I was like, wait, I wasn't scared at all. Everyone else. <laughs> he just gotta throw up. Our <laughs> that was <laughs> a whole PTSD. He was the PTSD. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, maybe he's telling the truth up until the point he says Mark was in a corner terrified as we both walked unamused through all these actors and <laughs> I'll take I'll take it when it's true. In this case it's not. What's the fourth one Val? get get to what?
0: Um, but that is true about the, the video. Uh, I've done safety trainings myself. They always use a video to make the point. Um, I, having worked in a warehouse, I've seen videos of uh, racking collapse to show you what will happen if one rack collapses. Well, surprise, surprise, it's a domino effect. It will take out all the other racking with it. But it serves to prove the point. But that brings us on to the fourth factor, which is credibility. And credibility is crucial in making ideas stick. And to enhance credibility, we need to provide evidence, statistics, or expert opinions that support our claims. Now the principle helps build trust and make our ideas more persuasive. And it's widely it recognized that including specific details, numbers, and evidence in messages enhances the credibility and persuasiveness of what we try to attend, right? And This principle aligns with the general understanding that providing concrete evidence and supporting claims with factual information can make ideas more compelling and trustworthy. If you think about any advertisement that you see nowadays on TV, there is either going to be a celebrity that does an endorsement and will say, hey, I've been using this cream, look at my face, forget about all the Botox that I've done over Mm -hmm. the years. Or they will do some sort of a statistic show of the number of studies and the positive effect that uh, that a cream or uh, some sort of a drug may have had. And those principles, they go and uh, essentially become evidence towards what they're trying to advertise. And it, it is essential to consider the credibility of the sources, however, and the relevance of the information on the topic at hand, because... As we know, people can be cheeky and twist the ideas and twist the numbers a little bit. But by incorporating these specific details and evidence, um, they make the message more relevant and individuals and organizations can bolster the credibility of their ideas and increase the persuasive impact of what they're trying to convey.
1: The thing about this credibility piece, though, is that fake news loves to pretend it as well. So, on recent, I was seeing... Um, yeah, memes and images and videos where people will say, Look at this picture, and it'll be like someone standing in the field of daisies. This young girl planted a thousand daisies within twenty-eight days. Whatever, it's got numbers. It's got earlier uh, in two thousand and four. Who cares? And then someone will say, This is a reverse Google image shirt shows this as a generic photo. <laughs> like, it's not real. And there's a lot of that where there's just fake numbers and fake so this is where credibility there is like for you. Definitely utilize it, but it's also the onus when you're seeing things to fact-check yourself. <laughs> it's it's very true that people will just think, oh, it's fine. I saw this here. And that's why um, I remember at least seven years ago when I was always like,
0: wait, who told you this? Wait, you got this news from Instagram <laughs> or Twitter told me. So I mean, you must- were a pain in the ass. I remember that. You, you would talk about anything. Yes. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, what's the source? Which one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. And yeah. Yeah. It almost has to be a study with you. Like You have to present a uh, oh, petition saying, okay, th- th- this is my statement, and I've got this from this journal, and I've got this from Instagram, and I've got this from Wikipedia. Like, no, nah, sorry, Wikipedia is out. Sorry, Wikipedia. Is
1: out. Oh, yeah, because a lot of the time people will love to just say things like it's fact, and it's like, wait, where did you get this from? Well, I saw it pop up on my feed. Why am I talking to you about something that popped up on your feed? Like, that's, a, you know, John, he said it's true. You know, every girl was once a man, and now they're a girl again. They're like, what? That's the backwards. It's, it's it literally. It's um. It it was a bugbearer for me because I realized a lot of what I I think at that time I was noticing a lot of what I thought was true was just nonsense, just absolute bullshit <laughs> that had been come through like various sources. So once questioned, I had no backbone on it. So then I started doing it to people to be like, wait, you don't actually know this. You sounded intelligent for a moment, what, what, really and truly. What happened after that? Like, surely people didn't get better. They just gave in. No, um, people. No, people knew better. People did get better. It's not that they didn't have this, but they know not to tell me nonsense without <laughs> checking themselves. Like if you're gonna come to me with a statistic or a fact, be like, "All right," and they'll be like, "I got this. I, I promise you." <laughs> it's easier. and 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 for me, that made my bubble of information much more clear. If if someone's gonna come and say, "Well, I saw it in a WhatsApp message that was forwarded too many times," <laughs> they know not to talk to me about it. <laughs> Take it to Google, baby. The, they rest your WhatsApp and Facebook. Oh, God, yeah. This is where parents and grandparents live, to be honest. <laughs> hey, look at this. We're all on fire. But that takes us to number five, emotional, right? So the emotional principle highlights the power of evoking emotions to make ideas stick. And that's what fake news loves to do, especially if you get those forwarded WhatsApp messages. Emotions can engage and motivate people, making them more likely to remember and act upon our messages. So for this example, imagine a charity organization that focuses on providing clean drinking water, say, to impoverished communities in developing countries. To raise awareness and funding their cause, they decide to launch a campaign centered around the emotional impact of their work. Now, you might foresee that they'll do it, showing the breadth and depth of the, how much their impacts, can, the, the impacts they can make. But in their campaign, the charity creates a video that tells the story of just a singular young girl named Amina who lives in a remote village without access to clean water. The video depicts Amina's daily struggle to collect contaminated water from a distant source, traveling kilometers just to get some water, highlighting the health risks and hardships that she faces on a daily basis, frequently throughout that one day. Does this ring a bell? Have we all seen these ads?
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. On the train, every time I travel to London, there will be some sort of advertisement that tries to evoke the same feeling. Honestly, I've seen it with children, I've seen it with adults, I've seen it with old people. I haven't seen it with cats and dogs.
1: <laughs> I feel like the, when you said this, I thought of like cats on the train just there showing you like their hardship. Look how long I have to walk. I travel to work to get to. I'm on the same line as you. But it's, it's true. And it reminds me of the book, The Life You Can Save, right? Where they say it's better, to, like weirdly people will uh, relate more with a singular story than what feels like something they can't do. Uh, which is a bigger scale which is funny because it'll say such a small amount and even then people are like well that can't help even though it's telling you hey 25p and it's like oh there's no way my 25p will help but the charity presents in this case a amina's story in a way that evokes emotions such as empathy compassion and sense of justice or no not even justice i'd say it's injustice they showcase the impact that clean water can have on amina's life her health education and overall well-being like it's the, it's the super solution here they also highlight how a relatively small donation like these 25ps or 50ps one pound one dollar can provide clean water to amina and others like her. which is actually it's an unimaginable i guess in the scale of where we live versus what's actually uh how how simple solutions can be uh met but it doesn't seem real but by doing it in this by presenting Amina's story and leveraging these emotions, the charity aims to create a deep connection with viewers. They want to inspire empathy and a sense of urgency, prompting viewers to take action and support this cause. So, through the emotional appeal, the charity aims to make audiences remember the importance of clean water and the impact it can have on individuals and communities. So, in this example, say, this emotional approach can be highly effective for charities as it taps into the innate human desire to make positive difference and help those in need. But you don't have to limit it to charities. If you think about all the pleas and Kickstarters and just idea generated where people ask for your requests, they do it by trying to leverage emotions too. So charities can create memorable and impactful campaigns, but so can you. (laughs) And these can inspire action and generate support for any cause. Are you using this, by the way, Val, for your marathon that you're going to need support on? I'm guessing.
0: It's, it is it's so funny. I was literally going to talk about that now. <laughs> as, we were going, as we were going through this, I was thinking, why, why am I not using this principle to try to get money off people? <laughs> <laughs> you should. So, it. Just for context, right? Uh, I, I've talked about this before, but I'm running the 2024 London Marathon um, and I'm raising money for uh, St. John Ambulance. Now, I'm not asking you money directly right now or however. I was thinking, how can I make a very appealing story? And I'm thinking, you know, I'm not so much talking about uh following step by step, but I could, but certainly I can talk about a story because you know I was part of the charity and i was I've done a lot of work with them. I could certainly put together like an emotional appeal I could certainly put together some credibility and concrete things. I can really use this and make this stick in you know? then <laughs> with a book make a stick <laughs> like. This thing is, it's like I said, so it's
1: it's that when you need support in terms of money, if you need support in terms of followers, if you they usually use emotional appeal to do it. And it's funny because it's such a delicate way. You don't make it seem selfish. You make it ev- evoke emotions from people. Sometimes they'll just say by saying it simple, like it's so simple. All you have to do is I realized that on this podcast we do, it ourselves. like, hey, man, just give a like. It's so simple for you. And with that, we get to get more <laughs> ideas of what you like and what you don't like. But it's true. And it, uh, and sometimes you might not notice that you utilize it, but it is a very powerful tool
0: and principle to have in your ass. In other words, make the audience feel guilty and something but, will happen. <laughs> That's not what I said. But the very last one is stories. Now, the principle of storytelling involves using a narrative to convey an idea. Stories have got a unique ability to engage and captivate an audience, making them an effective tool for conveying memorable messages. There's been a study published in a journal of marketing research by researchers called Garus, Wagner, and Kamar in 2016, which demonstrated that stories are more engaging and memorable than plain facts. And the study found that people were more likely to remember and share information presented in a narrative format compared to straightforward data. And an element of that that is because that narrative appeals to our brain, allows our um, different chemicals in our body to to be sparked and uh, allows then us to actually remember the story. And there is an element also because we're tuning into wanting to hear a story and wanting to hear a narrative, and because of that, we're more likely to hear it. And you can look back to our episode about storytelling that we did a few weeks back, where we discussed the principles and ingredients of a great story in details. One thing that these six
1: principles have in common in my mind, and uh, I'll put a question mark on the credibility one, is comedians. If you think about it, they... They have to utilize all of these tools when they're doing their jokes sometimes to make sure it punches hard and start with simple. It can't be too complex. And if you go through it, let me just summarize in one go what we've discussed today, keeping it simple. Right. And making sure there's something unexpected, having that concrete, tangible, vivid examples. Ensuring it's credible, which is why I am saying it's questionable for a <laughs> comedian. But still, it can, it can still feel like it's credible. that we be like, I tell you no lies while I stand on stage getting money to say the story. Uh, making sure there's some emotional connection. And then sto- stories are powerful. And even when I was talking about the uh, experience I had in uh, Muscat, it was still the story being told to me. It all fits into that
0: parcel. I feel that's a good, a really good TED talk has got at least five of those elements into the TED Talk. It has to be simple. There will be an unexpected factor. I mean, if you think about um, Bill Gates, he was doing a TED Talk about uh, malaria, and he's released mosquitoes in the middle of a TED Talk. You know, talk about unexpected, right? There is an element of uh, concreteness, credibility, um, emotions being... Raise, especially using the uh, element of storytelling, and some are better than others, but there is always five or six of those uh, elements being used. And that's telling us something, right? It's telling us that those six elements are good elements. They are concrete elements. They are keys to be able to make an idea stick, and certainly a tool that uh, our listeners and ourselves can use from uh, today onwards. Very true. I think that kind of sums it up. I, yeah. Take them on board or not
1: and tell us why you didn't. But this has been a, another episode of the Needle Movers podcast. I have been your host, Mark Jasons, joined by my co host, Larry
0: Tomasso. And as always, until next time, bye bye. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> I don't know, what the fuck are you
1: doing?
0: <laughs> I saw you were waiting for I was like, nah, not nah. let nah, see what I did
1: switching switch it up.
0: <laughs> I, I felt I felt like uh, Sheldon You know there is that episode Oh the Gibbonauts the <laughs> <It> Gibbonauts <laughs> <tribal tribal laughs> <tribal laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when he's trying to get completion On all, all the tasks that he's doing Yeah I was like What in the south man I've been tied
1: into a goodbye That I didn't know I started But yeah Adios <laughs>